It's the 7 o'clock hour, and you're listening to the Morning Blitz. Oh, are we on the air? Sort of, yeah. Rick Corey. That's right. Had... Keep trying to get out of it. <laughs> Brees Hulse. <laughs> Bryce Hulse. I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> Coming to you from the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio on the Blitz 1170. 7 o'clock on the Blitz 1170 on a really nice start to the day. About 58 degrees out there. It's going to be, what, 70-something today, didn't they say? Is it 74? Yeah, yeah I think it's at 74 Holy earlier. cow. you got to get out today, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I I'm going to be doing some work, I think, at the course. So, Oh, be, are you? Yeah, I'll be driving uh, the range cart. <laughs> Bryce so. has about nine jobs. I, okay, <laughs> I have four. How many do you have? Technically... Three, right. but again, the, the third one, like I, had, I haven't really done much. It's a little one you have to be a little yeah. more proactive with. Yeah. Uh, two so. of mine are seasonal, you know. So right. football, two football teams, and so those all happen in a period from the end of August until mid to, to late December, uh, and then really diving is seasonal. Well, diving is not really seasonal for us anymore either. But so yeah, I understand what that's like. Uh, but I, you know, <laughs> there's something about that. You either hate it or you like the fact that it makes things a little different for you. How do you f- look at it? Uh, you get you get free golf when you're a worker. So, um, <laughs> I also care deeply about my part in the course and making it a better place. Man. So that's <laughs> it's not it's not just all the free amenities, Rick. So, what's your part in the course? Uh, usually I'll I'll clean carts on some weekends, and then I'll do yeah. I just picked up this do thing doing the range on on Thursdays. That's cool. It's it's pretty cathartic, you know. Just yeah. have some put some music in, just yeah. drive back and forth. It's pretty nice. You know, I that's the way I feel about lawn work. I call yeah. it lawn therapy. Yeah. You know, you can see what you've done. There's progress. And, you know, today in life, there's not always progress or it's hard to tell. Mm-hmm. You ever gone home at the end of a day and you'll go, God, I know I did a lot, but I don't feel like I accomplished anything. When you're cutting the grass, you have to feel it. You look. You can see it. It's there. You know what you've done. Right. And then you yeah. you sit down at the end of it and have yourself a glass of iced tea or <clears throat> whatever you want to have. And you look out what, there. What kind of flavor diet Coke might Gundy? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> as, as Mike said, well, I love whiskey. Uh, and sit there and we'll look at it and smell it. Oh, yeah, love it. All right. Uh, I got a couple of texts here we'll get to. We did have, I did have um, a text from one person who's, who's, let's just say, family member just received their TU uh, stipend for good grades. Okay. And loves the way it's being done. Nice. And I, I, that's, that's kind of a tribute right there, too, or kind of a testament to, yeah, there are going to be people who just want their, they want their whatever up front. Um, and you're going to hear Kevin Wilson tell a story about what a kid told him he was getting before he came to Tulsa. And he's a transfer kid. Or I don't even know if he actually made it, but what Kevin told him. Uh, yeah. But this is, that's a really good story that some there's parents and families. Yeah, I like that. It's easy to say that, and then and it's another thing to get into it. At any rate, we'll do more of that. We've got more Kevin Wilson coming up. We've got Ryan Aber at 730 this morning, our OU Insider. We're about to start softball for, for Oklahoma, too. We'll have Ryan talk about that. Basketball, too, which is, you know, up, down, up, down right now for Porter Mosier. Up right now, and that's the good news. We'll do all that coming up as well here on the Blitz 1170. Right now, though, it's time for Bryce. Fire up Huey Lewis for a trip back in time. It's today in sports history with Bryce Hulse on the Blitz 1170. Brought to you by Triad Eye Institute. Now grabbing the back of a Jeep while on his skateboard, it's Bryce Hulse.
This day in sports history, February 8th, 1936, Jay Berwanger, University of Chicago halfback and Heisman Trophy winner, is the first player ever selected in the NFL draft. The Philadelphia Eagles make make the pick and eventually trade his rights to the Chicago Bears. 1948, the fifth Winter Olympic Games close at St. Moritz, Switzerland. 1950, Man o' War is selected as the greatest horse of the half century by the Associated Press. Man o' War, as a second and three-year-old, is a winner in 20 of 21 races and holds five track records. 1956, the legendary Connie Mack passes away at the age of 93. After managing Pittsburgh's National League Club from 1894 to 1896, the former catcher became a prominent figure in Ban Johnson's Western League. A founder of the American League in 1901, Mack managed and owned the Philadelphia Athletics from 1901 to 1950, leading the team to five World Series titles and nine American League pennants. He he was elected to the Hall of Fame in 1937. 1962, Wilt Chamberlain of the Philadelphia Warriors scores 59 points in a 136-120 victory over the New York Knicks and beats his own single-season scoring record of 3,033 by six points. 1963, AFL's Dallas Texans become the Kansas City Chiefs. 1967, longest losing streak in Toronto Maple Leaf history as they lose 10 games in a row. 1975, the Caps only get one shot on goal in a period against the Islanders. 1975, the New Orleans Jazz get their first road win in franchise history, ending a 28-game road losing streak. The Jazz beat the Hawks in Atlanta 106-102 to improve their record to 7-44. 1981, U.S. Male Figure Skating Championship is won by Scott Hamilton. 1986, 5'7", Spud Webb of the Atlanta Hawks wins the NBA Slam Dunk Contest. 1989, American jockey Chris Antley begins record 64-day consecutive winning streak, ends on the 1st of May, and includes 147 winners from 486 mounts. 1991, Boston Red Sox pitcher Roger Clemens signs a four-year, $21,521,000 contract extension, making him baseball's highest-paid player. 1996, NFL in Cleveland allows Art Modell to move his NFL franchise to Baltimore, but he had to leave the Browns' name behind. 1996, Charles Barkley becomes the 22nd NBA player to reach 20,000 points, scoring 30 in the Phoenix Suns' 107-102 victory over New Jersey. 1998, 48th NBA All-Star Game in Madison Square Garden. East beat the West 135-114. The MVP, guess who? Michael Jordan of the Chicago Bulls. 1998 as well, NHL stops, season stops, the NHL season stops to accommodate the Nagano Winter Olympics that return February 24th. 2014, Wichita State beats Northern Iowa 82-73 to become the first men's team to open 25-0 since Derrick Rose helped Memphis win its first 26 games in 2007 and 2008. And 2016, Brianna Stewart has 25 points and 10 rebounds as number one UConn again proves who rules the women's game, running past number two South Carolina 66-54. Birthdays today, February 8th, 1951, Steve Dillard, former Cubs infielder. 1964, Dennis Gibson, former Lions linebacker. 1970, Alonzo Mourning, Hall of Fame Heat Center. 1985, Felix Pye, former Orioles and Cubs outfielder. 1989, Julio Jones, Titans wide receiver. 1990, Bethany Hamilton, pro surfer and who the movie Soul Surfer was based on. 1990, Clay Thompson, Warriors guard. 1996, Leighton Vander Esch, Cowboys linebacker. And 1998, Rui Hashimura, 
Lakers forward. And that is This Day in Sports History, brought to you by Triad Eye Institute. Yes, it was. 706 on the Blitz 1170. Got a couple of texts here about hotels and such. We'll get into those in a few minutes. I know. You never know what you're going to get when you listen here. We got more Kevin Wilson coming up about our recruiting for University of Tulsa. Ryan Aber, our OU Insider, at 730. And, of course, we're going to get a lot more Super Bowl as we go along and start breaking down a little bit more numbers here. All right, let's first of all get into things that are not sports. Just things. And I know you're thinking, well, you do that all the time. <laughs> yes, some. I, I guess hotels aren't sports. But I was traveling for sports, so right, it kind of made sense. Uh, if you didn't see it, the dude who climbed the Las Vegas sphere yesterday, which the first time you see the sphere on TV, you'll swear that's not real. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah it looks that good. <laughs> you think it's CGI. Mm-hmm. Absolutely think it's CGI. I saw it once as a golf ball. <laughs> and yeah. It was really funny as a golf ball. The, the freakiest one I saw was a blinking eye. Oh, and, that was weird. A, and it was like, ugh. I saw the Chiefs helmets on there, that kind of thing. So some dude climbs it. It's 367 feet tall, and he climbed it. He's, quote, unquote, an activist. Now, this thing is, as we said, a sphere. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I'm not up close to it. I can see the panels and things. I don't really understand how in the world he got up there. Uh, his name was Mason Deschamps. A self-proclaimed mm-hmm. pro-life activist, and he scaled the whole thing, and he did it with a video camera on his head. So maybe we'll find video of this at some point. Yeah, I've only seen video from the outside. He also says he's a spider man. Yeah, is there anything? I guess mm. is there stuff on the? What's on the inside of that thing? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't either. I, I, I've only I, seen I, it and thought, well, that's I'm cool. So, I'm starting to think that, like, is this a waste now if there's nothing on the inside? It's got to I mean, be very something. cool. There's got to be something you know there, what? right? I read what was in there two days ago, but it was not impressive. And I forgot. <laughs> uh, he shared the video. Okay, so he shared the video on his Instagram page. I'll have to go find that nice. one. Uh, he, he said that, you know, he wanted to raise money for a pregnant woman who was homeless. Oh, okay. So I wonder if he went to friends and said, hey, if I do this, which means, if so, they better pay off. Oh, my gosh. Because he went to the Las Vegas Pokey. Yeah. Uh, the Sphere is a music and entertainment arena. That, yeah, so, that's right. That's what I heard. So there means something going on inside there. Uh, you remember we had the story about the mom? <laughs> <laughs> is, this in the, is this the one that takes me back to Anderson Elementary? <laughs> <laughs> the mom who got kicked out of the school drive through line. There we go. She was... Advertising her OnlyFans account on her car. I never had to deal with that. Never had to deal with that. Also, I was a walker. I wasn't in that pickup line. Oh my lord! I can't even. I would. I, I would. I would meet my mom at the area that's not right in front of your driveway. Apparently, Rick, because we never got in trouble for it. it well, this is. <laughs> It's a Christian school. Yeah. And she's got an OnlyFans account. Oh, look, if you want an OnlyFans account, I'm not judging you. And if Go you want to be on a OnlyFans account or subscribe, I'm not judging you. It's your Live business. Your life. But it's a Christian school. What did you think was going to happen? Well, now that same Christian school, which is in Florida, has expelled her, her kids. Ooh. Yeah, see, I think that's what? wrong. Yeah. That's, in my opinion, that's dead center wrong. If like there had to be some, like, was there something else that she did? I mean, this, I, this, this is still just from that? Like, that really is kind of over the line. Uh, <clears throat> you know, she, she was trying to advertise the page. I get it. But the it said that the administrator said violated policies in their handbooks by using the decals. And that led her, that led them to reexamine her kids. And though those kids were going to be removed from the school. All right, that's... They can't control that. Uh, 
Uh, school leaders did say that she could possibly enroll her kids again if she takes the decal off. All right, so what if she picks them up without the, without that car, without the decal? I mean, if your if your goal as a Christian school is to educate and bring people to God, excluding them and kicking them out for something, you think that does it? Right. Intolerance doesn't bring people to religion; it runs mm. people away. Yeah, I, I would. To me, that was a kind of a poor move, but. Hey, I'm not in charge. They're in charge, and she hasn't decided how she's going to approach it yet. Okay, this is the time of year when we talk about uh, Valentine's Day, which, when is it actually this year? Is it like, uh, next Thursday. Okay. Thank God you know. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Guys, Walgreens. Hey, remember? You got to do that. Um, Make the run. We've had all those things about, like, you know, yesterday it was pizza. I had the breakup pizza. You know, you can do that. You can, have, you can name a hissing cockroach after your ex. That's pretty fun. Okay, this one might be the best of all. There's a company that will take any old love letters and turn them into toilet paper. <laughs> it's called Flusher X. <laughs> that wow. might be my favorite right there. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it's called Who Gives a Crap Recycled <laughs> Toilet Paper. <laughs> Apparently you do. <laughs> Oh, oh, I love the symbolism of this holiday. I do too. I have never been bitter enough to do something like that, but I want to meet someone who did because yeah. I just think it's fun as can be. Uh, did you hear about the Brazilian model who ended up with uh, frostbite? <clears throat> oh no, hypothermia and frostbite. She was in Iceland and she was there to do a photo shoot, but she decided she was going to go out and test the waters. Well, it's Iceland. What the hell do you think the water is going to be like? <laughs> So she also says, and you'll know where we're going here. She's Brazilian. Name is Chris Galera. Says, I love being nude. So I was on the beach and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and go for it. So she steps into the water, which is, I mean, I don't know what the temperature of the water was, but it's Iceland, so I got to think it's cold. Steps in there, stop searching, just because I gave you the name, Bryce. <laughs> I saw his eyes go to his phone. <laughs> my, 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 brother is, uh-huh. my brother is texting me about the previous story about the OnlyFans uh-huh, sure. teacher. Well, you I bet swear. you. Uh-huh. Anyway, I'm going to check your history. Good. So she steps in, realizes, okay, it's cold, but I can take it. So she takes her top off. And, and she says people are warning her, hey, two things. Don't be stupid mm. and don't do that because it's illegal here. But she ignored him, and so she she took her top off, and she decides she's former playmate, playboy playmate, by the way. She goes wow. in and just jumps in the water, and then realizes that she can't move her fingers, and that her hands are red and hard, and that and comes out of the <clears throat> comes out of the water. Turns out she had hypothermia and frostbite in some places you probably don't want. Uh, Snoop Dogg is suing Walmart. Uh-huh. You know he has a cereal brand, right? Well, I do now. He, he claims Walmart is trying to choke his brand by hiding it in storage rooms. By the way, do you know Snoop's real name? Uh, I know I've heard it in the past, but I don't. Calvin Brodus. I did not know his real name. And he has Brodus (laughs) Foods, co-founder with uh, Percy Miller, filed a lawsuit saying that they're sabotaging him by hiding the cereal. Now, I do not know. um, Let's see. I don't see the name of this. Oh, there it is. It's just called Snoop Cereal. Oh, come on. It's just called Snoop cereal. I thought it was gonna be like some innuendo yeah, with me like too. cannabis or something. Although you know he seems like a good guy, so I, I don't. Maybe I don't believe he would do that because yeah, I don't yeah. think he'd mislead kids or anything. Right. So it says Snoop cereal, and it says Fruity Hoops. That's cool. And it's hoops mm-hmm. with a Z, and it's a uh, oh, kind of looks like a, a a fox maybe, a blue fox. 
on the box. I mean, there's mm-hmm. nothing on there. And it, they look honestly like, oh, it's multicolored Cheerios, if you will. Okay. I don't know what flavors yeah. they are. I guess blueberries and whatever. Anyway, he's suing them. I don't understand why, because if you look at it, it just doesn't look yeah. like any big deal. It's like it was called Snoop's Munchies or something. Yeah, right. I understand why he's suing that for Walmart. If that's true, it's it's really some, it's really silly. Uh, all right, so um, folks over in the UK, who are, as we know, sometimes pretty different, have uh, revealed the country's most common sex injuries. Injuries that happened during the Heian and Sheehan, or, you know, some other things, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> they say 37% in the UK have had a mishap during that kind of activity. 39% had had more, uh, men had more. <laughs> Do you want to guess the number one? Uh, we can say these on the air. Okay. So, but it's just, you know. Just the type of injury you'd get? Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, kind of thing. Uh and now this, I'm not talking about pulled muscle. I, well, I guess I can. I kind of am talking about that. Yeah. But this is more. <laughs> this is more a result of the action. Is this what it is? A dislocated <laughs> shoulder. Uh, okay, that's good. I like where you're headed. <laughs> Number one is carpet burn. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so they haven't. They haven't gotten the memo. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> maybe you need better carpet. <laughs> or you could use something uh, uh, else. Maybe. <laughs> uh, number two is bruises. All right. Number three, pulled muscle. Okay. There you go. I get that. Back injuries in the list. Some of these I'm not going to read. Uh, oh, I'm definitely not going to read that. <laughs> uh, it goes all the way down to broken bone. Which uh, that's that's that goes beyond vigorous right there. Uh, some birthdays today. A lot of people you've probably heard of. Nick Nolte is 83 today. What a fantastic actor. He's, mm. you know, uh, apparently had been kind of a bear to work with at times, but he's fun. If you have, you know, you see like um, Eddie Murphy and he together, you know, in those movies, really fun. Uh, Seth Green, the actor from uh, Austin Powers and the likes, yeah. you know, played, you know. Chris from Family Guy. Yeah, and played, you know, played uh, Austin Powers, da- I mean, played uh, Dr. It's Evil's Scott. son. <laughs> Actress Mary Steenburgen, who's really fantastic. She's 71 years old from oh, Elf. Yeah. You know, she was yeah, the mom in awesome. Elf, right? Step Cecily Brothers. Strong from Saturday Night Live is only 40. You know, she's been on a long time, so it kind of feels almost like she's more. Uh, here's somebody I bet you've never heard of. You know who Robert Klein is? I want. I want to say if I saw a picture of him, I'd know. He's a comedian, and he's an older comedian. He's eighty-two. I always liked him. Ted Koppel, of course, we know who Ted is. He's eighty-four years old today. I've seen Robert Klein. Yeah, John Grisham is sixty-nine. Uh-huh. Mary McCormick from The West Wing is fifty-five. Uh, let's see here. Let's go on down to some music. Uh, Vince Neil of Motley Crue, sixty-three. Mm. How about that? Uh, again, these man, it happens in a hurry, doesn't it? Uh, let's see. Oh, oh yeah. Composer, productor, conductor, John Williams, 92 mm. and still making still kicking. music. Yeah. Kicking is right. 717 on the Blitz 1170. That's it for not sports. I'm not going to ask you the other question about the, uh, <laughs> the sex injuries. <laughs> Carpet Text burn. In your- <laughs> yeah, you read carpet burn. Let us know. No, I, and <clears throat> I didn't say where the carpet burn was either, and I don't want to know. Seven eighteen. I do want you to know about this. I want you to know about Overhead Door Company of Tulsa's commercial division now being Overhead Door Companies of Tulsa's everything division. Frank Sanders Jr. has bought back 
the residential side of O-Red Door. When they came here in the 60s, when Frank Sanders Sr. brought them here, it was for residential doors. They actually brought him up here from Ada because things weren't going well in Tulsa, and he turned it around in a heartbeat. So they started doing those residential doors, and every every block in the city, I would almost be willing to bet you, has an overhead door of Tulsa door on it. But when they split the companies, Frank Sanders Jr. focused on commercial. And they still do commercial. So they still do the doors for Amazon and the city of Tulsa's police and fire and BOK. You name it. They still do all those, right? But he has bought back the, the residential side. And they had a lot of people, too, who would simply say, look, I, I you know, I want to get a hold of them and say, can you do my garage door? No, but I can't because we do commercial doors. Well, now they can. And this is absolutely brilliant. This is wonderful. I, he's done work for me, Frank and his guys, and I just tell you, I gotta love. I love the guys. Their the experience is so important. It's more than fifty years' experience doing this, and I mean everything from the doors at the airport, you know, on big hangers to the doors on regular homes. They can do these now. So if you need one refurbed, if you need one realigned, if it's making strange noises, if you want it, uh, you know, say insulated and resealed, or do you just want to replace it? You can go all the way from really basic to really nice. And there's no one who'll do it better. Service contracts, the whole thing, replace your openers, get you the kind with keypads and, you know, and access through the Internet, all that. And it's all simple. It's all under one roof. And I am so, so happy for them. It's simple for any of you now. I used to tell you to go over at DoorCompanyTulsa.com and click on commercial. That doesn't matter. Just go to over at DoorCompanyTulsa.com and you'll find Frank Sanders, Jr., and the Overhead Door Company of Tulsa. The Blitz is broadcasting in HD on your FM dial. Turn your HD-equipped radio to 106.9 KHTT HD2. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. In women's college basketball last night, the 24th-ranked Oklahoma Sooners pulled away in the second half from TCU, 72-55. to The Sooners had a couple of 7-0 runs to help them out. Skylar Van led OU with 17 points. Holland Hall head football coach Tad Gross has announced his retirement after 24 seasons. He won 157 games as head coach of the Dutch. That includes back-to-back 3A state championships in 2020 and 2021. And Nick Saban plans to serve as an analyst on ESPN's College Game Day and will also be included across other ESPN platforms for events like the NFL Draft and SEC Media Days. Saban retired as head coach of Alabama last month after 17 seasons. That's the Wonder World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. We certainly do. It's 724 on the Blitz 1170. We'll hear from Ryan Avery, our OU Insider, in just about five minutes here. Uh, we've had this story, and I'm going to go ahead and get to it now so I don't forget it again, that Bryce had found about Gonzaga. And you remember I, we had a stat, I think it was Monday, or maybe it was last Friday, the team that has won the most tournament basketball games, college basketball, NCAA tournament games since 2018 is Gonzaga. Mm -hmm. Now, they get there a lot because they play in a conference they dominate. I mean, occasionally St. John's jumps up, the Gales, or St. whatever they are. Uh, St. Mary's. St. Mary's, thank you. The Gales will jump up and beat them. We've seen that before. Mm -hmm. But Gonzaga really runs things out there. Now, they're also, you know, I still think they're going to end up in the Big 12 at some point, but trying to get themselves into a bigger league. But you had a story about them and the tournament. Yeah, so they are coming off a victory over Portland, uh, smacked around Portland a little bit. They're 17-6 and six now. 
but they're not ranked, and so they've they've struggled a little bit here and there, more than they're accustomed to in the WCC, which can hurt you a little bit, right, for the NCAA tournament. You know, if you're if you're pretty competitive in a conference where that's pretty um, top heavy like that, that that can hurt you. And it's crazy to think about because when I was thinking about the NCAA tournament for this year, I was wondering how much Gonzaga really moves the needle for me. If oh, really? It, you know, and you know if they're are they going to be are they one of those teams where when we get into the NCAA tournament time and let's say that Gonzaga is just on the outside, they don't really have many big wins. Uh, they have some losses that aren't very good from their conference, from their very small conference. Is that going to be a team that people think that you need to have in the same way that you look at when a Duke is on the outside looking in or a North Carolina and people think about that? Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see exactly where Gonzaga lands in the tournament mm-hmm. this year when they're not really looked at and if people even recognize it, considering that they, uh, you, you brought up a stat not that long ago, right? About the most wins. Mm-hmm. So, them, yeah. so, I mean, it's going to be really, I just, I'm fairly fascinated at what they're going to be looked at this year when it comes to NCAA tournament talk, just like they probably should when it comes to all the other blue bloods, you know? Because I would consider Gonzaga a basketball blue blood. Oh, yeah. I, I think you do, too. But because of the conference they're in, I mean, when you say Gonzaga around the country, people know. Right. And they're not going to say academics or that. They're going to say basketball. But they all know it's basketball, right? And so, yes, they do. I think they move the needle, but... I, and in a year when they're struggling a little bit, they're not even guaranteed to get out of the conference tournament. Right now, if they don't, and they end up with say they already have six losses, we're half we're a little bit more halfway through the conference season. Let's say they end up with nine losses and losing the tournament. You end up with ten losses, and are you a guarantee just because your name is Gonzaga? Mm. Probably. But yeah. does I, but I I'm, I, I'm in not terms sure. of what the committee mm. thinks, you know, do do they do they hold that kind of stature? I think that, they, that I think they do. Yeah. Personally. Now, if as you to your point, if it's somebody else, if it's a you know, an up and like say let's talk about Florida Gulf Coast. Fantastic the mm. one year did not carry on, didn't carry them. Is it going to work for Florida and Atlantic? You know, yes, they're good this year, but they're not like they were last right. year. And they, so, they were given such high expectations mm-hmm. to be really good. So does that carry over? You think of teams like that. Now, if you've been traditional like Gonzaga, I do think you get a pass, personally. Yeah. I think you do because, you know, hey, there are things to consider, but there are people in that room. Mm-hmm. And same as when the college football playoff happens. When we get to 12 next year, people are still going to bitch, and there's going to mm-hmm. be two or three teams that say, well, now we need to be at 16 where we may end up getting anyway. I kind of, I kind of agree with the let's do it like they do at lower levels. Let's just have ourselves a tournament. I mean, yeah. for God's sake, at least the NCAA <laughs> tournament, with all the things that we don't like about the NCAA, they do put on one nice tournament. <laughs> and, okay. and that tells you who's really good. And that's the way it should work, in my opinion, rather than a one-game or a two-game or those kinds of things. Now, I know I know it's problematic. I know the number of games. I get all that. But all this stuff about, well, kids miss too much class. Come on. How, much is ba- how many do basketball players miss? How many do Olympic sports athletes miss traveling in 15-person passenger vans around the nation. Yeah. Now, I know a school that traveled from here to Washington State in a 15-passenger van. See, that that sounds insane, and yet we're going to start hearing stories like that even more with the way new conferences are coming around, right? Yes, because it is what it is. And as a matter of fact, we had – I saw a number – I'll have to look it back up again. That was about the amount of travel miles – 
for some of the schools after the after the uh, schedules came out, and it's really insane. Yeah. That's where you know travel agents. If there were still travel agents, this is the time. <laughs> oh, they'd make a lot of money. Actually, travel agents now are called <clears throat> the basketball. I say the football operations director or the basketball operations director or whatever. Those are the people tasked with doing a lot of things and planning that. Oh, and man. I'm telling you, no thank you. That would be, no matter what happens, one thing's out of place in the trip, it's your fault. We all know it's not, but it's your problem. Mm. Oh, <laughs> Ravi at TU, I, Mac Butler at Oklahoma State, I've known those guys really well. Nope. No, <laughs> no thanks. thanks on that job. <laughs> I have heard coaches yell at guys over things like cheeseburgers, and I'm not kidding. Oh, it's 730 on the Blitz 1170. We will come back with Ryan Aber, our OU Insider, in just a moment from the Daily Oklahoma and talk a little about OU softball plus Porter Mosher's team. If you have a question for Ryan, text it at 918-262-5072. We also got some texts about worse hotel rooms. <laughs> All kinds of interesting things. Let us know right here on the Blitz 1170. The Blitz 1170 stream is brought to you by Duck Creek Casino, your hometown casino. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Tulsa fell to North Texas 68-55 last night. P.J. Haggerty led the Golden Hurricane with 20 points, all of them coming in the second half. Kobe Williams added 10. Tulsa will host UAB on Sunday. The ORU Golden Eagles take their four-game winning streak on the road as they'll be at St. Thomas tonight. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock. And in women's college basketball, the 24th-ranked Oklahoma Sooners pulled away in the second half from TCU 72-55. Skylar Van had 17 points for the Sooners. That's the winner roll of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Blitz 1170 weather provided by Community Care, your locally owned health plan. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. It's our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. Welcome to Hit It Anytime here in the Tulsa Oilers studio. Bryce Olson in the other room. I'm Rick Corey. And on the phone with us, as he is on Thursdays, our OU Insider from Daily Oklahoman, Ryan Aber. I mentioned uh, Ryan OSU opening, and Patty Gasso and her ladies are really close to opening as well. That's exciting. Yeah, it really is. Going down to uh, Puerto Vallarta, hopefully the uh, weather there will be a little bit better than it's been out in California for uh, Kenny Gajewski's squad. But, uh, yeah, the Sooners are, are loaded up once again with those that five uh, core seniors who've been there the entire time, and then Elisa Brito has been there for seemingly her entire time. Uh, they've got a, a – they're going to be challenged down there the opening weekend, though, with uh, games against Duke and Washington, uh, two uh, you know top eleven teams uh, right out of the bat. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how they react, especially how that pitching staff looks with, uh, like you mentioned, Kelly Maxwell being added to it. Mm-hmm. What I see one of your stories is about three storylines for OU softball. So are the I mean is is that part of it? Tell me what your storylines are. Yeah, I think the biggest storylines are, uh, one, uh, the opening of Love's Field, which is going to happen in March 1st, and they're moving to their, their new home uh, there. That's certainly going to be uh, something big to watch over the course of the year, how uh, the crowds are there, how it affects uh, the atmosphere there with uh, you know a capacity of 4,200, much bigger than uh, Marita Hines Field. 
and then uh, the the pressure that this team is uh, sort of constantly under, but especially this year coming in with that 53-game winning streak, coming in with the uh, back-to-back-to-back national titles, looking to do it for a fourth time. And uh, Patty Gasso says that they've embraced that challenge but have to continue to make it uh, about more than results, that it has to be about uh, fine-tuning their own performance uh, to to be ready in those moments in Oklahoma City at the end of the year. And then uh, finally – uh, the, those seniors and uh, the group of uh, Riley Boone, Jada Coleman, Kenzie Hansen, Tiara Jennings, Nicole Bay, uh, and then, like I said, uh, Alyssa Brito is sort of the honorary member of that group, uh, given that she played her uh, freshman year elsewhere. But uh, Patty Gasso said this is sort of like a changing of the guard because of uh, how critical that class has been to uh, their success over the next few years, and there'll be a sort of a transition of power after this year moving on to uh, some of the younger players she really likes the the freshmen but uh this class has been something uh, a little bit different she oh. said that this was might be the most special elite class that uh, has ever played uh, college softball yeah it's i absolutely believe in that and i've seen some of her comments and you know she's become the barry switzer you know, in the seventies and early eighties, it's not, you know, it's not re-recruit, it's reload. And then I saw something saying that she thinks it might be her best group overall. Why do you think that is? Yeah, I think you just look at the, the, uh, overall scope of what they've done, what, uh, you know, obviously what Tiara Jennings has done with, uh, have a chance to be the, the second leading home run hitter, uh, in not only OU history, but uh, NCAA history, uh, depending on what she does this year. What Jada Coleman has done with uh, the, the catches, the, the defensive prowess that she has, and obviously getting them started at the top of the order. What Kenzie Hansen brings to the fire behind the plate, the uh, 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 propensity for big moments. You think about that uh, three-run home run she hit in the Super Regional against Clemson. What Nicole May, just sort of her steady, steady progression to uh, becoming really a star uh, last year with a sub-1 ERA uh, there and just uh, a steadying influence on the team as a whole. And then uh, Riley Boone with a combination of really all of those things, uh, you know, seems to make uh, big plays at the right time, seems to come up with uh, really big hits, and then also is an, an emotional leader on this team. So I think you combine all of that, and, and that's what uh, has made this class so so special to have this core group of five to, to hang around uh, their entire careers. Of course, they were starting pretty well from uh, day one. That helped, but uh, you know, certainly uh, not many classes have been able to do, if any, have been able to do what this one has uh, in totality. Yeah, it's been unreal. You know, one more question about that before we leave. We're talking to Ryan Aber, our OU Insider from the Daily Oklahoman. Bryce Hulse has a question for him again in a minute as well. But, you know, there are times, too, and we've seen it in football and places like that, where you get too many great players on your team and the old, there's not enough balls to go around. She seems to manage that better. And as much as people want to come here because of their success – there might be those who don't want to come here because of playing time. How does she manage that, Ryan? Well, I think it's certainly something that she addresses in recruiting uh, to to make sure that 
the players are looking for, what what she's looking for, and the, the pieces fit. But I think there are a lot of people also who have been wi- willing to sacrifice. I mean, heck, you look at the you know the the transfers that they brought in this year, Kelly Maxwell and, and Carly Keeney, both were aces at their their former places, and Maxwell. Uh, not as much because uh, they they had a, a staff there, obviously with Lexi Kilfoyle and others that they they were able to to split the load up a little bit. But Carla Keeney carried the load last year for Liberty uh, in the circle, and uh, she was willing to uh, give up that role to uh, be part of the staff that uh, OU has, where they'll use. Patty Gasso says they're going to go six deep with the pitching. We'll see if that actually holds off holds up, but uh, certainly going to go at least four and uh you know she's willing to sacrifice those innings and and those stats to uh, be a part of a team that's got a chance to win a championship so i think it really starts with patty gasso and and jen rocha and and, uh, jt gasso of course setting the tone recruiting wise but then also finding the right players that are, are willing to uh you know take a back seat at times and uh not have the ego that uh, a lot of players have. Yeah. Yeah. And, and once you do it, you get rewarded with a nice ring and, and a new place to play uh, as well. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, or, or multiple rings. For yeah. A lot of these <laughs> yeah. They could be the first team to win four in a row. And that's pretty doggone stunning. Yeah, it really is. All right. We are talking to Ryan Aber, OU Insider for the Daily Oklahoma at 744. I'm Rick Coy. Bryce Hollis wants to talk about that big, bigger round of ball. Yeah, Ryan. Uh, Bedlam basketball coming up Saturday. It's. One of uh, two guaranteed matchups, the last two matchups uh, for OU and OSU, at least in the Big 12. It seems like we know that, like basketball and some other sports, those are more likely than football to possibly keep going in the future. I, I just wanted to know that as this rivalry stands in your mind, uh, what, what would you prefer in the future to see? Do you do you think that there could be um, some home-and-homes maybe in the non-conference, maybe playing at, in Oklahoma City or in Tulsa? What is your opinion on what you should think this rivalry should become uh, after the Big 12 uh, separates? Yeah, I think the best thing to do with it is what uh, you know we saw with Bedlam baseball for a long time and to, to rotate it uh, between Oklahoma City and Tulsa and play at the, the BOK Center, play at uh, the Paycom Center and – you know, make it a, a bigger event again. And I, I think, you know, certainly there's benefits to playing on campus, but uh, in college basketball, so much of the non-conference marquee games are played uh, elsewhere. And I, I think this would be a big opportunity to get basketball on a little bit bigger stage, especially early in the season and the non-conference portion to uh, do that. But whatever form it takes, I really hope that they're able to figure out a way to continue this. I think, in football, certainly, it's going to be really hard to uh, continue Bedlam and, and pick that back up at any point, although I think at some point they'll reconnect. But, uh, you know, in basketball and other sports, I think it, it makes complete sense to uh, not have uh, any any break in that action. And I really hope they're able to uh, get a partnership done where they can get this thing uh, able to continue because Bedlam basketball has been special for a long, long time. We've seen so many great matchups, so many great players face off in, in that game, and it'd be a shame to have these two be the last one. So hoping that that'll happen, and I think for me the ideal way is to play uh, rotate between Oklahoma City and Tulsa. Ryan Aber, Daily Oklahoma. With- 
Whoops, pardon me. I turned off my own mic. <laughs> Here on the Blitz 1170. All right, National Signing Day yesterday. Uh, you know, really, the bigger schools around the country had kind of wrapped everything up. Tulsa had, had three yesterday. Did you get anything out of Norman or any movement of all of any kind? Yeah, no no movement at all for the Sooners. They're uh, looking toward uh, the 2025 class and, and trying to make some inroads there, which they have. And, uh, it, you know, they they uh, really sort of closed out their recruiting class with the uh, big transfer from, from Washington uh, that they got last week. So um, mainly looking toward the future for the Sooners recruiting-wise. Yeah, and it, that day has become like it has. I mean, people get everything else done early on in transfer portals and all those kinds of things. Um, I, I know we you know, Oklahoma's losing a special teams coordinator. I, did I see a note that they've already hired somebody, already have somebody in mind? Uh, I'm honestly not sure. I've been sort of tied up with uh, several other things, so I haven't had a chance to check on that. Who they're uh, replacing Jay Nunez at, but they, you know, really liked what he was able to do. I know that some people maybe uh, grumbled that they weren't able to uh, have a big, a bigger impact on special teams. But you look at things like uh, you know the block punts that they have from Peyton Bowen and, and things like that. Certainly, he. Uh, made his mark. It'll be interesting to see how they handle those duties, though, with uh, you know Jay Nunez being an off-the-field coach, wasn't a guy who could coach on game days, so they had to sort of divide those duties around on game days. But it seems like that's sort of the trend that's uh, happening mm-hmm. around college football to do uh, do things like that. Yeah, I do wonder, though, you know, <laughs> coaches like to tell you it's a third of the game, but nobody, and I mean almost nobody, pays a third of the time attention to it really in practice or anywhere else, and then you have situations like this. Yeah, we've got a special teams guy, but he can't be out there on game day, and everybody has to divide it up. Now, there have been times over 11th and Harvard where there wasn't even a special teams guy, just everybody. There was a guy who they called their special teams coach, but he was a full-time coach somewhere else. How does Brent handle that? Has he put a lot of emphasis on it? Yeah, I think certainly he he puts a pretty good amount of emphasis on it. I think that shows by what they did with Jay Nunez and having him be able to to solely focus on that and uh, you know that be his his primary duties. Now, it, it, there's some challenges there with, like I mentioned, the fact that he couldn't coach uh, on game days uh, down there. But you, they, you know, it's a little bit easier to split it up on game days than it is to split it up and and really. Uh, put a, uh, an emphasis on it uh, the the other six days of the week. So, uh, yeah, Brent Venables puts a heavy emphasis on it. I think it's sort of been downplayed maybe in the, the past uh, decade or so at OU just because of how powerful their offense is. They haven't had to worry about uh, returns as much, but, uh, you know, certainly has gotten a little bit more important under the Brent Venables, in the Brent Venables era. And, uh, you know, I, I think this is going to be an important uh, – hire for him and, and role to fill with Jay Nunez uh, moving on to Alabama. Yeah, it's. It, I like it when I see people pay attention to it. I do understand that it really can't be a third of your practice. I, I never really thought it should be, but I do believe it is awfully important. We've seen too many teams lose important games that way, and that's just uh, yeah, that's not going to work. Uh, 7.50 on the Blitz 11.70. Closing moments here with Ryan Neighbor, our OU insider from the Daily Oklahoma. So you said you're working on a lot of, of, of basketball, and I want to get a little more into Porter's team. You know, lost at Central Florida, but, hey, they beat Kansas and they've been very good. And then, you know, you get a win, then you get a loss, you get a win. You have the Texas Tech loss. I don't want to say they're up and down because this is a very difficult league, but how do you assess how they're playing? And, you know, Porter seems to still be out there every moment kind of fixing problems, if you will. 
Yeah, I, I think certainly uh, Tuesday was an encouraging sign and, and that they were able to uh, pull away from BYU. BYU is a team that uh, has been, been really strong, especially on the interior there with what uh, Treor has become over these last uh, few games that he was expected to become over uh, the, the season, but he'd been banged up uh, early. And I think the biggest thing for OU right now is they really need to get uh, Otega away going. And I think if they can do that, especially with what uh, you know, Javion McCollum and, and Milo Suzanne did the other day, Jalen Moore's become much more steady. I think if they could get Otega Owe going again, that uh, you know they've got a chance to string some wins together here. They've got a uh, a bit of a tough stretch uh, coming up with Baylor, and Kansas, and Iowa State and Houston all in a uh, five-game span with uh, Bedlam game in Stillwater thrown in the middle of that, which is never easy, even if Oklahoma State is down. So uh, uh, really important, I think, Saturday for them to, to get off on a positive foot, foot but also to, uh, you know, keep some build some momentum uh, that they haven't been able to build uh, thus far in, in Big 12 play because uh, they're going to they're going to need it uh, to, to give themselves uh, some some runway for what they're about to face. Yeah, no question. So is it softball and basketball in the next few days for you working for the Oklahoman? Yeah, those are the, the main focuses. Some women's gymnastics, too, with uh, gymnastics uh, yeah. hosting, uh, what is it, uh, BYU in a Big 12 uh, matchup, and then Utah State as well. Uh, but uh, also got to give a shout-out to uh, our newest OU writer at the Oklahoma and Colton Sully, who's uh, going to be helping me out on the OU beat. Uh, he's actually got a really good story coming up uh, in the next day or two, uh, talking to uh, some OU folk, folks about Toby Keith and what he meant to that program. Uh, you know, really interesting background story on John Cooper and how Toby Keith uh, helped him out. Talked to Lon Kruger, Kellen Sampson, mm-hmm. uh, Matt Millen, and some others uh, about. Uh, what Toby Keith has done for them and his importance uh, and his legacy within the OU athletic program. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that. That's the final thing we'll do is, you know, I saw Porter, you know, had done that, raised a glass, and then Patty had said something, Bob Stoops, and, of course, everybody up there had sent a message of some kind, be it social media or another. But I think at home, aren't they going to serve all the um, drinks and Red Solo Cups this coming up next home game? Yeah, Bedlam, uh, Bedlam on Saturday. All mm-hmm. everything will be in red solo cups, and it's uh, um, you know appropriate certainly to have that with what Toby Keith meant to OU. I know he was around all of the time there, and uh, you know made time to uh, get to know the athletes and, and really connect with uh, you know not only the athletes but the coaches and, and things like that, and. Uh, it's it's going to be different without him around for sure. You know, I think uh, think about the that softball celebration last year uh, at at Toby Keith in Bricktown, uh, where uh, you know they got up there and sang. He got up there and sang, uh, "How do you like me now?" with the team. <laughs> really a special moment. So um, you know, just a, a tough week for for those around uh, OU athletics. But uh, they're definitely doing some things to uh, honor him uh, here coming up. Yeah, I can understand. Ryan, always a good visit. Thank you very much. Uh, if you're out there looking for Ryan, find him at the Daily Oklahoma and covering OU sports overall. Thanks, my buddy. We'll talk to you next week. 
Sounds great. Look forward to it. Have a great one. You do. Ryan Aber, Daily Oklahoman, here on the Blitz 1170 at 754. That is Bryce Hall. I'm Rick Corey. we got a couple more texts here about uh, hotel rooms. Because uh, I mentioned earlier some of the scarier places that I've been, including one I really was actually frightened in all night. So much more that I moved what passed for a dresser in front of the door. Uh, we've got a couple more. We'll get into those, too. But we got to get into, into the actual breaking down more of the Super Bowl game. You can get so far into numbers it gets a little silly, but we'll we'll get into it a little bit here and, and ask for your response as well. And we certainly are going to have to have you we need you to let us know who you think is going to win. Give us some game predictions. The line was still about a one and a half yesterday is what I saw. Is that the last yeah. thing you saw? It had moved a little, but not a lot. I'm, I'm surprised they didn't bet on whether or not the guy who climbed the sphere would be arrested because everything <laughs> else is getting hit on in Vegas fun, right? right about now. Yeah, <laughs> 7.55. He's Bryce. I'm Rick. It's nice outside. We're in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. Texas at 918-262-5072 on the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. And speaking of those Oilers, remember during Oiler games we do the Blitz upgrade. That means you buy any ticket, especially the ones that are a little less expensive and maybe higher up. We'll call some ticket numbers during the game, and we call it the Blitz Upgrade. So you won't have to have that, uh, you know, binoculars anymore. We'll take you right down where the spit will fly on you, right next to the ice. That is the Blitz Upgrade from the Oilers and the Blitz 1170. Don't look now, but the Blitz is on TikTok. Follow along at the Blitz 1170. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Tulsa Golden Hurricane fell to North Texas 68-55 last night. P.J. Haggerty led the Golden Hurricane with 20 points, all of those coming in the second half. Kobe Williams added 10. Tulsa will host UAB on Sunday. The ORU Golden Eagles take their four-game winning streak on the road as they'll be at St. Thomas. Tip-off for that one is at 7 o'clock. And Oklahoma State softball will open their season at Cal State Northridge. First pitch was pushed back one hour, and it's now at 4 o'clock Central. That's the Wonder World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.